Hi, Joe here from She Did You Can, and this episode is called George. How do you build an app? <laughs> and it is a co-production. From no, but how? <laughs> it's a co- Just tell me how. It's a co-production from Broad Radio. My cousin builds them for five hundred bucks. He could have done a better one than you. Check us out at broadradio.com.au, and also from Women's Agenda, a daily news publication for women. I'm George McEncrow, founder of Sheba, Australia's first female-only rideshare. And I'm Jo Stanley, aspiring startup founder, and this is She Did, You Can, a podcast about turning your idea into a business. Learn from my experiences. Create your company as I create mine. She Did, You Can, the inspirational, confessional, real-time guide to starting your business. George, how often do you get asked, how do you build an app? About <laughs> once a week, <laughs> probably, on average. And yeah. what, what do you say? I say, you pay someone, idiot. <laughs> what do I look like? <laughs> like, I don't know. What are you trying to do? What do you need an app for? Well, I was going to be one more person in your day to ask you that mm. deeply annoying question, how do you build an app? But instead, we're doing this episode about it. That's so much better. Yeah. So much better to do yeah. it. And we're joined by the brilliant Sarah Moran from oh. the Girl Geek. Oh, sorry, Sarah Moran's coming in. She knows everything. She does. She's from Girl Geek Academy and she'll be able to tell us, how do you build an app? Oh, my God, how do you build it? <laughs> no, but how do you actually build it? <laughs> no, but, like, how do you do it? Stop. We'll never have to ask you again after this episode. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. George, I do love that people think you're an expert on on apps, yes, given they're yes. asking you all the time. Asking me, how do you build an app? How do you build an app? <laughs> and I don't know. Well, it's a bit unkind for them to corner you on a plane and ask you. <laughs> yeah, there's a chap asked me on a plane um, <laughs> how I built an app. I thought I didn't build the app. I didn't build the jet. Um, I just am a participant in the technological revolution. So, but yeah. you're very successful at it, so I suppose people think you're an authority, which is fair. And I've had some, you know, I think once you've run a tech company for, you know, which is essentially what Sheba is for a lot of years now Mm. and you've seen some good things and some not so good things, you're kind of okay with that. So I got a lot of advice, Joe, because Mm. I didn't actually know how to build an app, um, nor do I know how to build a house or a car. (laughs) I I can't even build Lego. (laughs) That's not true. I can. You can. You can. You can. But people do know. (laughs) Smart people. people know. And we've got one. Yeah. 
we have Sarah Moran from the Girl Geek Academy who knows all about building an app. Hello. I know enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is interesting to me that this is the go-to, that people go, oh, I've got a business idea. I better build an app. Mm. Is that common? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I it's say, not right, is it? I say don't. <laughs> is that your first piece of advice? Just don't build it is, an app. But but it's it's not my first it's my first people piece of advice because people think that's the first thing they need to do. Mm. Like they say, how do I build an app? I say, don't actually take these other steps first. And once you've passed those hurdles. I'll let you do an app. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what are the first steps? Well, the first steps are things like, you know, have you talked about your idea outside your bedroom? And I know you've covered a bit about, you know, mm. MVPs, your minimum viable products. Mm. Um, does it have to be an app or are you just looking for something on your phone? You know, yeah, and those are, those are two different things. What does things. that mean? Well, so... Um, we think of our phones as being app devices, right? Yeah. Like that to, to make something on my phone, it needs to be an app. But we also can have websites, we can have phone numbers, we can have things within other apps. Like, you know, there's other ways, oh, a small yes. one way to skill, you know, skin the phone cat. But um, yeah, and so so what are the by process of elimination, if you have to make it an app. Sure, then we can dive into it. But if it's something that needs to be on your phone, there's more ways that you can yeah. sort of go through the process. You can do e-commerce without ever having an app. You totally. can just sell stuff online without needing an app. And you can be in so many other places outside an app. So, you know, if you do have an e-commerce store, you can also be on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube and on everyone else's apps. Whereas yes. once you've built your own app, good luck getting it out there to other people's <laughs> apps, mate. There's, there's a fair amount of competition <laughs> yeah. out there. I see what you're saying and it does make me recall a conversation I had with you about broad radio. Yes. Which, you know, down the track I think will be an app, but it was going to cost me a lot of money to do that. Yeah, stupid, a lot of dollars. Stupid money that I didn't have. And also why take a risk? with that money, whatever I could scrounge together, on something that might not have worked. So hence I did think, well, there's free platforms out there. Correct. Like your Facebook, like your YouTube. And they're quite good. They're quite well maintained. Yeah, they Mr. Do. Facebook does quite a good job at managing those algorithms. They do okay. <laughs> Lots yeah. of people seem to like them. Apparently. So there's an audience there yeah. that I can actually access rather mm -hmm. than having to go and find my own audience. And I can use really amazing software to take my content, which is my very small little one hour show and just give it to those people on the Facebook and the YouTube and, and LinkedIn and Twitch and all those amazing platforms. And the key word you said was audience. And I think um, when we talk startups, people always bang on about product market fit, product market What's fit. What's that mean? So product market fit is the idea that when you first start building something, you don't know who's going to use it. You throw it out into the world and you say, Do people like this. Mm. And you know, when you have product market fit is when You've built a product that everybody likes and the growth curve is heading up and to the right. And, you know, okay. it's like, oh, yeah, hockey stick curve. People mm. love this. Yeah, we're onto something. But I am just not of that way of thinking to just jab around in the dark and be like, I'm going to build a random thing and if I find the market for it, it's going to work. I think my, my way of doing it is to start with the market first, mm. then find out what they bloody want mm. and build it. And we so we have said this so many times. Yes. And as a business in IRL, in real life, <laughs> I thought you did. yeah, um, uh, uh, we had our advanced bookings took place on a Facebook page for a very long time. Is that right? For a very, very long time. And oh. people had to be, it was a secure members only page, yes. but it worked very well conveniently and effectively until we had that capacity 
within the technology to do it. So you don't have to start with all the whiz-bang bells and whistles. And if it's working, we still have special bookings that take place on a Facebook page that you have to be admitted to. Still, it's not a bad way to go. You can do a lot of business. Women love Facebook if that's your audience as well. Yeah. We found that most women interact with Facebook, what the first study said, 40 times a day. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot of touch points. How do we get anything done? (laughs) And that's like running, checking, running, checking. Yes. And that's just that, oh, I've got that little black screen there. Mm. Better jump on and just have a look. You're not building an app, you're building a business or you're building a movement or you're building Mm. a thing, right? And that is always going to touch more than just the app. Um, And so thinking about also, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably interested about how to build an app. And if you don't know, that's where doubt sits. It's like, oh, there's all this stuff I don't know, Mm. right? And so it plagues you with doubt. And what I liked when Sheba launched was it was, you know, you did go to Facebook first and then people told you they wanted the thing. Mm, mm. You could then work out where to build it and how to build it. But the thing is, do they want it? Yes, they do. Yes, we did know people wanted it. And I remember when you launched, I went, oh, she's gamer than I. I don't know (laughs) that I'd be putting it on Facebook. (laughs) Good on you. Because then you didn't waste money working out if your idea worked. Whereas if you build the app first, you know, you, you... Yes, you invest money, but also it's in that really doubtful period when you're supposed to be confident and supposed to be selling this concept and you're like, I don't know if it's going to work yet. (laughs) You know, I don't know how to build an app and I don't know if the business is going to work. Oh, my God, I feel sick even thinking that someone might feel that way. And and most people do. My guts literally just went, It's not for wimps. It's not. None of this is for wimps. For people who think that they're going to, you know, live forever and saving all their acorns under it, like, go knock yourself. You're not. You're not in the right business if you want to mm. sit at this table. But <laughs> says Joe, about to pass out. But you can de not de-wimpers, demystify, it. demystify. You can yeah. you can also you can de-risk it. You can right, de-risk and it. so the de-risking is doing what you did, which is you know start with the people I want to use it, find those people, and be like, yes, will you do this or not? Yeah. And then you start looking at the technical side about how to actually build an app. Mm. Right. So minimum viable product is a word that's. It's three words that are bandied about um, a lot. And for people who are very new to founding a business, um, what is the definition of that? So a minimum viable product is like what is the tiniest piece of technology I could build to test the idea? Mm. The way we used to build technology in the olden days, not that long ago, um, was people would and big corporates would do this. They would spend millions of dollars on technology and push it out into the market, complete. It's perfect. Going to throw it out and it's going to be perfect. And people would be like, no, nah, that's terrible. I don't want to use that. And then so they'd waste a million dollars because they were trying to make it perfect. Yeah. So, so now we just n- do not try to build perfect from the start. We try to discover from the start. And so what you're doing is your minimum viable product is like, what is the tiniest piece of tech I can put in front of someone and say, this is look, this is, this is the gist of it. Mm. Have a crack mm. through this. What do you reckon? And I love it, the gist. Yeah, the gist. Just this the is vibe. the gist. This is going to get the job done. Yeah, but it's ain't it ain't got no bells and whistles. No, that's nothing right. fancy is going to happen. But it will. For us, it would like pick you up, recognize where you were on a map in time, which is no easy thing. As mm. had to geofence people, but we didn't have tolls. We didn't have tipping. We didn't have a bunch of things. You know that were just there for the for the taking, but. That worked. Did it pick up a rider? Yes. Did it recognise a driver that was registered and authentic and real? Yes. Okay. That was it. And was it better than what other people were using? 
Yes. Mm. Was it better than a taxi? Was it better than, you know? Well, that's because the service was there. Exactly. And the concept of it solving the problem was there. So and you, having someone you can ring was yes. a key part of that too, having a business with someone on the other end of it, uh-huh. a person to speak to because we know that this is one of the huge challenges of the automated age is the oh, absolute my. blind rage one feels when one cannot get through to speak to somebody. It is the most It makes you want to punch people mm. and you know how nonviolent I am, Joe. <laughs> But you are it, it a is a very <laughs> passive person. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is, it does your head in, right? But yeah. you pay for someone to sit on a phone and it, you know, it's a huge benefit. So how long did it take to get to your MVP? Like how much did you put into that? Or quite a bit. Uh, what I was really shocked by, and Sarah might be able to help me with this as well, is that when you go to build an app, one of the things that you, you knock on the door of the app building people and you say, this is everything I wanted this app to do. And some of it they'll come to you with, but I had a pretty firm idea of what the functionality was. But to even scope out what that would do, it's a bit like knocking on the door of an architect, very uh, similar, yeah. and saying, can you just rustle up what this, give me a quote on what it would cost and how long each sprint will take, like how long it will take till I get it in my hot little hands. And how much it's going to cost me. And they're not going to do that. They're not going to say, hey, Craig, this lady's <laughs> at the door. Can you put down what you're doing and just devote 15 free hours yeah. to this person? So they charge you for the quote, which I was initially like, oh, my God, 10000 20000 30000 you know, especially if you've got an app that has to take multiple currencies or, you know, you has a geofencing element into it and has to do quite a lot of heavy lifting um, so just to get a quote cost you that, and Jeez. then you might end up rejecting that service, that provider, that, that, that company. company. So you want to get your builders right. Um, well, geez, you'd want to really believe in the idea too, before yes. you go, you're not tire kicking, are you? You really no. want to actually know. You've got to commit the commit. And that's what her Facebook group did. Yes. Was, you know, that's what I mean about the doubt. Mm. right you don't want to spend 30k on doubt <laughs> I mean it might eliminate some of the doubt when you get the quote back and you're like yeah that is exactly what I want that mm. that's definitely mm. very confidence building but you need to make sure that you've you've um you are so set in your mind that it can't not work that yeah. you'll make that 30k back eventually yeah so you then have to basically you go okay this is my idea what is the tiniest way of doing it and the cheapest way and I would argue that the tiniest way that George actually tested her idea was the Facebook group. I yeah. would yeah. call that your MVP. Yeah. yeah. And then the next part is, I guess, the MVP version of the app. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So my MVP for Broad Radio is I'm doing a live streamed show just one or one hour a week. I'm putting all of my efforts into the content because really that's all that matters. That's yeah. what all I'm testing is what what's this conversation that we're having and what's going to – is it going to bring an audience alive or are they going to go ho-hum, I'd rather – you know, go watch back the, and yeah, watch the drum. I just made that up. I just made a little rhyme there. Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm like a born rapper. I can't help it. Look out! Look out! Yeah, um, but it's, it's that's to me a very affordable way of doing it. Um, but so you've done that, and then you've tested. Yes. Okay. And you're wanting to show some kind of audience falling in love with you. That's the key of it. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I've got. I've. I would say there's probably five ways that you could look at building your app. The first. Say so you probably won't want to do, but I'll give it to you as an option: is build it yourself. Mm. And if if you're going to do that, that's a sort of business idea where you, you're not time bound. You know, you're like, I could spend the next five years nutting this out, and I'm not in a rush, and I'll tinker it. If you want to, you could definitely. The tools are out there to be able to teach yourself, like a template kind of vibe. 
well, look, if you're going to take five years, you could really ham it up. Like, you know, yeah. like you could actually learn a lot of the skills yourself. Coding. Yeah. Coding. You could. You, you could. Like, that's what. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The reaction face. I expected. The that face. Is the reaction I That's expected. like saying, you know what? You could go out and live on the land yeah. <laughs> with no tools. I just saw you as Truckers <laughs> Canada or something. Like in five years, you could find yourself shooting your own polar bear and skinning moose. But, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> like there's no chance I could teach myself code. You could. But the option's oh. on the table if okay, you want to sure. <laughs> Right? That's option A. What's yeah. B? <laughs> yeah. Moving right along. Yeah. So then you start to hire others to do it when you've decided that building it yourself is not for you. Now, I put, I would say there's three options to do that. There's uh, hiring a freelancer or hiring an agency, and that agency could be based overseas or a lot of the development work is done overseas or the development is done here in Australia. And those things kind of tear up in terms of pricing uh-huh. um, and depending on which way you then manage the project depends on what sort of outcome you get and at what risk and what you're trading off to achieve it. Yeah. Yes, because everything does cost you something. So yes. all your time, you're paying for time over money, security costs you money. Um, if you know that you don't, if you have like a huge doubt there, like you're saying, Sarah, you want to outsource that as much as possible. So it's easy to control it if it's in Australia. You've got access to your developers and yeah, yeah. but we're a lot more expensive here in Australia. Yeah. Uh, we pay really good to our technologists, <laughs> which is good. Which is good, mm, yeah. uh, except when you're trying to pay for that money. So what I thought I'd do is give you a bit of a guide of what you could expect to pay. Okay, good if, one. Yeah, because uh, that's that's probably the main question people have is like, how much I, is this going to cost? George me, gets right? it on a plane all yeah. the time. <laughs> how do you build it? Yeah, and so I mean, the day rate for uh, for example, an iOS developer, so an Apple developer yeah. is about $1,500 a day in Australia. Um, and that's someone who does good work and, you know, has been in the industry for a very you know, long period of time. Um, and then you could probably, if, if you were going to go to somebody who worked in that kind of environment, you'd expect not to really get away spending less than three months work. Wow. So that's going to come to about 90K. Wow. And that's, that's just like basic. That's the Apple. Well, that's, that's not, just one phone. That's not just basic, but it is properly done. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, sure, you could probably spend less than that, but you're going to be like, you won't have what you want, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's to be reasonable about, well, what does something like that cost? Mm. Um, and, and that's just probably the best guide that I can give you. And I wanted you to be a bit shell-shocked by that amount. Yeah. Well, you achieved that. Tick, tick, tick. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, people do think, oh, surely I could chuck you know, two grand at something and get something back. And it's like, it just doesn't, but that's then when you say, well, why can I get it done in the Philippines for 10 grand? Yes. And it's because, well, what I'm losing is that person being based in Australia and that ongoing communication, the cultural, you know, um, language conversations that you'd be having with them and, and the ability to be able to project manage that, time zones, all of those other sorts of things. Um, and, and so that's the trade-off. And if you think about it, I don't know how much, you know, you yourself earn or how much you don't want to go crazy building an app. But sometimes that's where you go, well, actually, that extra amount of money is worth it for my sanity or the speed and quality with which I know I'll get it done. Because mm. yeah. you'll come out at the end of that three months ready to go. Yes, okay. Whereas, oh, I don't know how long it'll take you if you've taken it offshore, you know? Mm. Like it, it sort of goes into that mystery box of I don't know what's happening. I can't yes. see it. I can't feel it. Yes. I can't touch it. I'm not in control of it. You're going to want to know that you have revenue at the back of that three months though. Yes, yes. ideally, you know. ideally. But also with a lot of tech startups you would be looking for you know to be sort of 
grossing a lot of revenue, probably about three to five years. Oh, you know, right. it's like building a bridge. It's like you're building infrastructure, you know, so you don't expect a bridge to have paid for itself within mm. the first year. Mm. You know, you you have to take a little bit from everybody to cover the cost of it and start painting that bridge again before it's yeah. got to the end of it. So it's if you think of it as infrastructure, then you you understand better about why it costs to maintain it, keep it secure, keep the code secure, keep it free of bugs. You know, you, you have to protect it like the asset that it is. And with that, your brand as well, but also if it's doing a very important job, which our app is, you know, transporting little children to mm, and from school, mm, mm. you know, you want to make sure that works. Does that worry you? No, no more than travelling my own kids around from school. No, of course it does. It, it does. <laughs> I mean, but it does. I mean, you know, your app obviously uh, needs to be impeccably safe. Yes. And without bugs that are going to then put your customers at risk. That's right. right? In yeah. a way that perhaps, you know, an app that plays sound effects, which is my favourite app. Oh, right? so good. <laughs> You're such a radio head. Don't dying. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> we haven't got more of a honk, honky honky sound going on. Or, yeah. like, that doesn't matter if that has bugs. It doesn't matter. Know? It doesn't matter. No one dies. No, no one goes that. crashing off, you know. I don't have a driver sort of driving out into the suburbs going, I've got no idea where I'm going. No. So do you – what kind of – uh, investment on how many people or what you know what sort of budget how do what goes into actually maintaining your app uh, well we put all our staff internally so we started instead of paying because if you pay like a fifteen hundred dollar a day consultant yeah. from an ios specialist you know place um they can get a lot done in a short time here in australia but again i like absolute control yes. so i like people to come in be there at the moment morning stand-ups Tech team knows what we're doing. So how big's your team? Uh, at the moment, we've got five devs wow. working in. Yeah, so doing different parts. We've got a big back end yeah. to yeah. manage how, how all those things. All? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, mine's a little bit bigger than yours, sweetheart. <laughs> Proportionately but, speaking, I'd say it's the same. But yeah, but if you never knew, like I just wouldn't know that I'd be dropping tech terms and you know it was so far away from us I mean I left school we didn't have any computers we had pictures of a computer on a piece of folder paper even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You always, everything costs you something. So you can have a long-term, and they love this term tech debt. Can we tell people about what a tech debt is? Yes. So when, you know, if if you... um, create your MVP and you've spent, say, 10K and built it in the Philippines and you know there's some bugs creeping around and you may not necessarily know what it is. Um, when you then want to move to the next phase or make those, um, you know, there's improvements you know you have and you can almost quantify what that is. And when we do, we call it tech debt or technical debt, which means realistically someone's going to have to come and clean it up. Okay. And so you know that down the line that's going to cost you and so you're carrying that debt with you until you clean it. Mm. And that could be like, you know, really bad impression for a customer, yes. like their goods don't arrive or, it you know, it depends on what it is but and the size of it and also how liable you might be to somebody should that tech 
fail. Yeah, so, so I feel like you're always weighing up how important is this bug to fix or weighing up my relationship with the with my audience or weighing up, you know, how how smooth and easy and usable it is and like you're always doing these equations, I guess. Yeah. And what are my competitors doing? Oh, that you got to look at that. <laughs> That dastardly moustache twirling, the <laughs> tie you to the train tracks. No, but you do have to say, you know, if the, if the user experience on like or similar services or functions or whatever you want, apps, you know, is becoming far superior, um, you've got to get a wriggle on. You know, mm. you cannot fall behind and become clunky and, you know, not very good because someone else will come along into that space. Mm. Consumer expectations, and particularly in Australia, are so high for tech that we just, you know, we want it to work, we want it to work fast and we want I've it to work. I've got no patience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, what, be better <laughs> and if you're not, fuck off. Yeah, that's, 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 that's right. That's the attitude. So yeah. you've got to be aware of that. Which yeah. I think brings up a good point, which is, okay, so you you, you know you want to build an app yeah. um, and then you want to start speaking to somebody about it, but there is a step that you could do beforehand. Yes. If you know what type of business you want to run, before you go and start paying your $1,500 a day to a developer, you should could or should work with a designer to think about what you want it to look and feel like uh-huh. because the technologist's role is to make it work. Um, I'm We talk at Girl Geek Academy about the hacker, the hustler and the hipster and the role they all play in making good technology. So I, as a founder, I think of myself as a hustler. My job is to make sure there's enough money in the bank, make sure I've hired a great team, make sure that I've you know got the wheels on the bus. And then a hipster is someone who thinks about design and, mm. and what that looks and feels like and the experience of the person who's going to be going through, you know, using the app. That is not the role of the developer. Right. Um, so they work together and they work they play together really, really well. Um, but uh, a technologist is technical, mm. which if we if you know, think of all the stereotypes you think of when you think of technical people. You think of engineers. Yeah. yeah. They, sure. they, they build stuff, you know. Mm. Um they don't, you know, they want to stick it together with sticky tape and say, Yep, cool, does it work? Good, let's mm. go. And mm. um so so there is, you know, before you you take it to a design agency, you, you uh, sorry, a developer, you can really look at like, well, how do we work with a designer? to really make sure that what I'm telling them I want to build is absolutely what I then want to bring into the world. Yeah, and there are some beautiful apps that you're just drawn to because they're just gorgeous to look at and yeah. really simple and, you know, like I love Shazam. I just love that it's just got that button and I can just go, <laughs> oh, I like this song. Button, thank you. There it is in my hand. So clever, so simple. So but it's simple. really beautifully designed. Mm. And that takes us back to what we talked about in our last episode, mm. George, was about the brand, brand. and what actually the problem you communicating you're solving. Yeah, but what about you? yourself yeah and what problem are you solving and Mm. is this the best way to solve that problem Mm. and if it is what am I gonna what am I gonna pay from what am I gonna delay on but also what's my audience and what are they like do like do they like this sort of cursive you know fancy pants or Mm. are they wanting something really blocky and kind of like a look that's gonna feel very industrial or like they're the the conversations you have right yeah and you do all of that before you start building anything Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than getting halfway through building something and go, oh, oh, no, actually I want it to look like this other thing. Because mm. you may as well write off the amount of money that you've already spent building mm. the first thing you yep. said you wanted. Yeah. Okay. And some changes are cosmetic and easy and others are very expensive and costly. And as an outsider, you just don't know. It's like saying to your builder, how much does it cost to do joinery versus cabinetry versus decking versus plumbing? But Like mm. we don't know you know, what we don't know. Mm. And so it's it, it can be very tricky. And I think too, when you don't have staff internally, there's always a bit of a sense that people are marking, they smell your 
uh, your tech deficit, yes. your tech debt, and they go, oh, uh, there's, come in, come in, little red riding hood. <laughs> uh, no, no, just relax. No, no, I've always had these teeth. Um, you know, it's quite scary. So you want to know um, as much as possible or have someone who is accountable to you and keeping everybody accountable and on the same, you know, it means a lot of energy in meetings and being very clear about what you're communicating. And to your point about the big bad wolf, you know, mm. uh, the you know the agencies, they feel like they're coming to get you. But, you know, sometimes they're trying to do the best thing yeah. and with their best intentions just aren't as telepathic as we'd like and really yeah. stuff it up. Like, you Why? know, I can't <laughs> yeah. read my mind. I say the same thing to my husband. It's yeah. yeah. so unfair. Yeah. What I wanted you to do is well, you never said it. And like, that's well. right. And whether that's real or not, because yeah. you have such a knowledge deficit, yeah. your sense that you are being, the, the stress that it creates because, as Sarah said, you know, you're in that doubt mode mm. all the time. You're not in your safe playing spot, you know, so you're thinking, Oh, is this, am I just being totally ripped off here or is this actually critical or I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think if you can find someone who's been through it who can hold your hand a little bit. We need a project manager or an interpreter. Yeah. I think one of the things I do want to talk to is about, well, then how do you launch the app? Mm. And I know you've talked on the show previously about marketing and all of that sort of thing, but there's actual technical restrictions on different platforms of what you can and can't do. And so researching some of that up front will save you a lot of heartache. Mm. So, um... One, I guess, very popular example in the media more recently is about the types of businesses you can run through an app and whether Apple will take a cut of the revenue. Ah, yeah. So that one has been, you know, it's kind of Apple have always said we take 25% or 30% of the of the fees on your first purchase of the app and if it's a subscription we'll take 15% afterwards. And they've always been very upfront about that. Um but people have built their business and started selling things through there and not understood that actually that they were liable to that particular part wow. of Apple's terms and conditions. But to your point earlier, George, what you said about, you know, quality control and and development and, and how you actually how you have so much responsibility on your shoulders, the reason that Apple do charge is because they check everything. Um, and so even the difference between the Apple platforms and the Android platforms, Apple are very much like, the people who own an iPhone or an iPad are our customers and yeah. we will not let we will not let you sell them crap. Ah. Yeah. So we will check your app and it needs to be approved by the Apple Store. Uh-huh. And every major update you do has to be approved by the Apple Store and it can get rejected. And so knowing those sorts of things that you're getting into up front, it's like your business model may not actually even work as an app. And someone might build the Ooh. app for you, but then Apple's like, nah. Don't like so, it. So, no, so that, that's the type of mistake that is preventable. You know, there are some mistakes that just aren't mm. and that's for you and your business to discover yeah. and learn and yay. But <laughs> <laughs> Start but. a business, they said. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be it easy, does. they said. <laughs> <laughs> so, but are there people you can ask advice on? Yes. Totally. And actually, so when we talk about people and asking advice, you know, you're not going to be the first person in the world to build an app. So who do you turn to mm. for friendship and, and support? Um, one of the places I would recommend is looking up your local um, Apple or Android or mobile developer meetup, okay. which is in most major cities. Um, there's a lot of stuff online. Um, there are people, look, nerds love hanging out together online <laughs> uh, and they would love to be your friend. Um, and it sort of helps you get an idea of, you know, how to even how to speak fluent engineer you know like just being able to pick up those those cues are really really handy um and so you know in in melbourne it's the melbourne cocoa heads and what that opens up for you too is that pathway to finding out okay so i'm going to make the choice between a freelancer uh overseas agency or a local agency 
actually communicating with those developers locally will give you a bit of a heads up on, hey, oh yeah, that's the agency that I would want to build this specific thing because they've got developers who have Mm. built something similar before. Or I found a freelancer. He's going to be cheaper than the agency. She's going to come along and, you know, um, guide me on my way and I'm going to feel better about investing my money there. And so being able to meet those people will help you prevent mistakes but also give you that little bit of confidence, you know, that you can have a place to ask questions Mm. and you're not alone. And they are the place to ask questions, not George on a plane. No, (laughs) you can do both. But Android developers are especially important because there are so many models of Android as well. And so, you know, if you're going to release on both, and you think, oh, they're Android, that shouldn't be too hard because a lot of people have a Samsung. But there are also 25 other different products that are considered Android fans. Wow. And then there's all the iterations of yes. those. So, you know, we figure it's like 285 different Android users within our Sheba community. Uh, different varieties yeah, that you're coding insane. for. That's so it's so much. It's full on. Yeah. It's full on. But yeah. It's so, so your message is um, proceed with caution, I guess. Oh, absolutely. But also, you know, um, it doesn't mean you should not do it. No, exactly. Mm. It's, you know, it's that it's that if you are cautious, well, you're doing the best job you can mm. to prevent future heartache. Um, and, and that's why I think, you know, be, being surrounding yourself with other people doing the same thing will help you because you'll watch them make mistakes and you're like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, I was just about to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And qu- there's no such thing as a stupid question. I just think ask and ask and ask again. And also most state governments too have like a startup, you know, startup hub or startup vehicles, you know. Um, there are places to go to and ask can you point me in the direction of a nerd, mm. you know, because I don't even know where my nearest people are. Mm. And I always think if you could hire somebody who speaks the language that you don't, it's the best money you're going to spend because how you feel through this process is it is important, you yeah. know. It actually does matter. Because they would be emotional and just business and so so business and emotion are separate. It's like, how do you think people buy stuff? Like it's all emotional. Of course it is. So how you relate to the person who's handling the most expensive part of your business is really critical. Oh, and also it's it's like um it's the gateway between your idea and the big dream that you had and the people that you want to have it. Yeah. It's so critical. Yeah. That gateway. And on the emotion piece, what's interesting is Developers earn a lot of money. They can work anywhere. So why would they prioritize working for you? And if you're like an interesting person working on something that's a little bit more meaningful than some sort of corporate, you know, app, Mm. then that's actually an asset that you have um, to really help them say, actually, you know, you know what I do want to work on that. That sounds really cool. I I would, I would Mm. like to spend my time and put my heart into it, just like you're putting your heart in. Maybe I'll put my heart in too. Um, and that that's, you know, I I think it is an effective recruitment tool if you're working on something interesting and a bit more out of the ordinary. And part of your role is you're going to feel really, you know, when we talk about that self-doubt, that imposter syndrome, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. It's actually your role to speak those questions out loud. Mm. because you know it, it is it, it's learning to say I don't know what that means can you explain it to me which forces the developer or the or the designer to actually articulate it because they may not know either ah, yeah. and so you actually your newbie brain coming to it going I don't know mm. like the temptation is to shut that off 
and to say, oh, I don't want to look stupid. No, but it could be your asset. It is absolutely the most powerful asset you have yeah. and that's your role as the hustler. So yeah. be like, nah, don't get it. Say it again. Yeah. Say it again till I get it. Because if you don't, they may not get it yeah. and that's going to be the mega waste of money. How do we yeah. know that we know? Yeah, exactly. I, I like that you're pinning them on it too. Oh, you have to. You know, that because there is no shame in not knowing something. And you're the customer. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to do good work for you too. I mean, I think, you know, you don't want to be too cynical about people who just because they're charging you a lot of money that they're all terrible and evil. They're not all lawyers, you know, like some of them are actually quite good. <laughs> no, there are some good lawyers. We've had a couple of really nice yeah, we have. We have. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it can make you feel very vulnerable and working out of that space is important but it's also anxiety provoking yeah any last pieces of advice that we just really need to know we just don't was a don't do it. Overall take home. no no uh, sarah's not a don't do it she's no. a she's a don't do it then do it uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you have to do it yeah, yeah that's it and if you have to do it i mean find find your girl gang find your team find your people um you know, you'll have found your people around your business idea, but but being able to find people who you feel comfortable with entrusting your baby to mm. um, from a technical perspective and know that they are out there. Mm. So, you know, it is very tempting to go, oh, this must be the best that I've got because that's what they told me. Mm. The moment you feel, the moment it knocks your confidence to speak to somebody, that is the biggest expense you'll pay mm. because you will not get back on that horse. And so just know and just like, oh, thank you thank you, we are done. I will go to somebody who won't make me feel stupid mm. um, and and will actually take me on the journey that we need to go on together. Such great advice. Such good advice. Given all that you've just told us, I cannot believe how many apps there are in the world and that people <gasps> oh. have made some of those apps that you see in the app store and you yeah. go, you what? You spent that time building FaceTuner? <laughs> really? <laughs> it's just like, so what's your favourite app, Sarah Moran? TikTok. TikTok. Oh, TikTok is bloody good at actually. the moment. Well, it's the one that the device tells me I spend the most time on. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite app, George? Uh, probably Twitter. I've got to say, yeah. I'm a bit of a Twitter arty. Yeah. I find some of the most interesting things on earth there. I'm pretty big on the YouTube app as well. And Spotify. I don't know. I like them all. Spotify is a ripper. That was a really good idea, whoever came up with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I keep going back to my sound effects app. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What else have I got here? Uh, was that a dolphin? <laughs> that was a dolphin. Couldn't you uh, tell? I could tell, but then I sort of thought maybe yeah. my dolphin language is down oh, a bit. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I, tell you, I, I did, can't get past this I app. love that I app. I chose it. our Sheba driver sounds for when a job's coming from a free sound sample thing like that as well so yeah. they have this like call to prayer when the app goes for oh. a job to come like dong dong <laughs> dong like, dong like, it's like ladies you're being called to your purpose <laughs> arise and then the the preferred driver is <laughs> <laughs> see, you think i'm an idiot but no, come on come to me like that's we should use it. that for another function in <laughs> yeah. the app too. All My right, drivers yeah. would hate me. Yeah, all right. If you want to start to hate work. Sarah Moran, thank you so much. Girl Geek Academy, check it out. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Build an app. Don't build an app. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't say you weren't warned. In our next episode, oh my God, Georgia will be the eve of the first broad radio show. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, I don't know yet because that's a week from now. But on the eve of our first show, we're going to talk about how to build the right team around you. Very important. The right team to make your business. Bring it in. Take an eight. Have an orange. <laughs> Come on. Take it in. Take your mouth guard out. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I've never been in a sports team. I was so a footy coach for three years. That was my, my son's footy coach. That's all you said. Oh. All right, boys, come in. Take an eight. Take, Take an eight. Take an eight. Yeah, they always got to get down on one knee. I don't know why. It's part of the cruelty. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Build your team. How you build your team to make your business dream a dream business. Oh, I love the what you did there. Yeah, because, you. George, you did it. Yeah, I did. You can. You she can. can. You We're can. Whatever. <laughs> are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.